Everybody now, get up. Welcome back to the Yolk Christian Podcast. Excuse my poor singing. sick. But you get the point. No, no, no. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Hey, hey, hey. Good. Hello. Oh, okay. Well, it's the beginning of an episode, so hello. All right, we'll end the podcast with a Oh, yeah. so Or Godspeed. We'll do both. <laughs> anyways, <I don't> speak. <laughs> anyway. all right, all right. Anyways, that's it for the day. No, so <laughs> we're gonna talk a little bit about the prodigal son today. But before I get into that, dude, oh, love I, this one. I have had, and I, this is this. I'm not gonna like read the chapter or anything. I'm just kind of make it personal with you. But um, I've had a crazy oh. 24 hours. Really? Yeah. Like, what, what's what's happened? I, I, dude, everything. Um, it's been weird. Everything. It's been weird. Uh, I guess before I get to that, just tell me, what, tell me what's going on with you. How uh, you've been working oh, out? Tell me about oh, working dude, out. Dude, 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 dude. Okay, uh-huh. so for the people that are listening, me, 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 and Jared talking, and you know, my nickname is now Samson. Okay. Yes, sir. <laughs> so we're pretty much deadlifting. Okay, and so I got to a pretty high number, and before I did it, I was like, "Y'all want to see the Holy Spirit?" If you don't know what deadlifting is, it's when you get the bar off the ground and lift it like um i guess above your knees yeah which is pretty tough because i did 456 pounds but but, but the best thing is i walked up i was like y'all want to see the holy spirit and i yoink that puppy up (laughs) man okay wait so you deadlifted 456 pounds what was so this is i'm assuming the best you've ever lifted like the the most weight you've ever deadlifted i've never deadlifted this much before so how much what how what was your pr before that it was like in the two hundreds. Like I'm not. You're telling me. Like it was. It was it, like I. So it, okay. it was like okay, two eighty something. Like okay. it was. I don't so, know what happened, but I just popped off. Okay, well, you you, you told us just what happened. You literally well, said, yeah. guys, y'all want to see the power of the Holy Spirit? And I didn't the- think I was gonna be able to do it. Like it was hey. the second best in the class. Dude. The one kid did twenty pounds more. I was so wow. like, oh. You literally said, "Here's the power of the Holy Spirit," and you literally doubled your PR. Like I'm telling you, man, Samson over here—that's insane. God that's does crazy, crazy things. Oh, absolutely, that's crazy, bro. Um, speaking, I guess, of, of crazy. So, my the last twenty-four hours of my life have been crazy. Um, so, I don't really know where to start, other than. Um, so it was 7 a.m. yesterday. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I was no. that <laughs> But for real, though, okay, so yesterday was Wednesday. So I'll start off with earlier this week. Wednesday, my dudes. Yeah. Uh, it's Wednesday. Um, oh, and uh, what else was the, is the Wednesday thing? Uh, the camel? What was that commercial? Uh, hump day! day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, okay, so anyways, so earlier this week, I think I told you on the previous podcast, but Jenna got like a little bit of a fender bender. Um, somebody came up and hit her. and so, Oh, yeah. I don't think that was on the podcast. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that happened. Um, and so I guess that was just like a good start to the week because that was on like Monday. And uh, so anyway, so then yesterday, because this was the start of the last 24 crazy hours, um, mm. I well, I was told before yesterday, but I was told that I was going to to preach, or the, the technical term is teach, um, to the mm-hmm. middle schoolers at church at youth. And so, um, I had written the sermon a few days prior, um, but I hadn't really studied it. And then, like, I had like a like this week, like my plan was to like study uh, my sermon all throughout the week. That way, I have it completely memorized. 
And that way I just go up there and talk and everything looks natural and everything. But mm-hmm. my, my work week had been very unsteady. So I didn't have like Ooh. specific times where I could study it. And so come Wednesday, it was the end of my work day and I hadn't even looked at the sermon. And so I was like, oh, geez. And so I, uh, I basically, as soon as my work day ended at five, I sat down at my desk and I wrote down an outline and I knew in my mind, I wasn't going to use that outline up on the stage whenever mm-hmm. I, was, I was teaching. Or whatever, I'm so. terrible at that. Like when I'm yeah. on stage, I can't like, I love notes and I love like uh-huh. orders. I love lists, but yeah. when I'm like going, I can't, I, that's why I suck looking at my notes. Cause like, I yeah. can't like do lists when I'm trying to teach. I don't know if that makes sense at all. Yeah, but. No, completely. And I, I found that when you're teaching like public speaking or whatever it is mm-hmm. um when you have an outline that helps but what i found is i try to memorize the order so like for example mm-hmm. yeah. with, this, with this sermon i i did prayer intro thesis story um story of the prodigal son so i had my story bible story and then my final point and then prayer or invitation and prayer and so i memorized the order so it was prayer intro story all that fun stuff and uh and so anyways um I get up. Jenna's actually coming with me. She hasn't uh, came with me to the youth, but because I'm I'm preaching or whatever, she wanted to come. And so, uh, we, yeah, it was really nice. But we get there, and and so we were usually on a Wednesday. I'm supposed to help set up and everything, and but every everything was already set up when I got there. So that was like mm-hmm. already a little weird. And then, um, so anyways, we the youth start coming in, and so. I don't know how I can tell because whenever there's a lot of people, like you just know there's a lot of people. But mm-hmm. so the last couple of weeks, there's been 100 to 110 people. Um, this week, I, I right before I went up to, to preach, um, I looked down and the room was way more full than it ever was. And uh, and so I was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> and uh, which Jenna asked me, she was like, are you nervous? And I was like, no, not yet. Maybe once I get up there. But, um <laughs> And anyway, I, I never got nervous, surprisingly. But so, uh, uh, but the way we structure the youth nights is so we have a host and then we have, a, 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 uh, I guess, the teacher or the preacher or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so usually I host. And so usually I'm the first one up on the stage welcoming everybody. I, uh, I host the game and all that stuff. But because I was preaching. You smoke the, kids with dodgeballs. Facts. With toilet paper <laughs> dodgeballs. Um, but because, <laughs> because I was preaching, me and the normal preacher, we swapped. Um, and so, which I'm actually preaching three times this month. So I get to do it two more times this <laughs> hey. month. Pr- pretty dope. Um, and so anyways, uh, he comes up with this game and it, he said it's, it's called eat it or yeet it. And I was like, uh, <laughs> and so then he asked the, some of the, the leaders to bring trash cans up on the stage. I'm like, Oh no. Oh, and so my. he brings out a table and there's a whole array of concoctions on this table. Okay. And so <laughs> the game is supposed to take like 10 minutes. He ends up going like 25 minutes, which is fine. Like my, my sermon was when I, every time I recorded my, me saying it, it was like 10 minutes. So I was like, perfect. That works out. Anyways. So, um, he does the game and just the craziest concoction was watermelon with mustard ranch, black, no. black jelly beans, and a bunch of other weird random stuff on it. Okay? I swear youth group games are the weirdest, right? And so, anyways, that was, like, the weirdest thing. And then we played that, – that wasn't even the final round. The final round was just eating straight sardines. And so oh. – Bro, and – but people did it. Like, they wanted the to win. The smell had to be bad. Oh, dude, I, I wasn't even in the stage, and I'm glad I wasn't. But anyways, so um, it ended, and so I, I, uh, I go up on stage, and it's it, – it's, uh, there's – 
I was I had Jen account for me before I went up just because I wanted to have a number. And she said it was somewhere around 130. And this is sixth grade through eighth grade that's that's there. And so what? it is this it's the biggest crowd I've ever preached to. Like I've I've taught, you know, like eighty people, you know, sixty people. My class, biggest class is six people. Well, I can flex, nice. you know. Nice. <laughs> uh, dude, honestly, six people in my opinion is harder to, to preach to than yeah, it's people. a tough crowd, dude. They're not yeah. getting into it. Yeah. <laughs> it was um, so awkward. <laughs> that's how it is. I'd much rather preach to a huge crowd than a small crowd. Oh, yeah. Any day. Um, and so, anyways, I get up there and I, I have a bag of candy because my goal was to throw out some candy, you know, get some sparks Ooh. flying. But here's the thing is I didn't know what kind of game that we were going to play beforehand. <laughs> and so I get up there and these kids, they are hyped up. Like they are like wild and out kind of thing. And uh, so I, I say, all right. Who wants some candy? And everybody flips out, bro. I saw on the video the, this one kid yeah. got up and sprinted. Dude, up. no. Th- there was 30 of them that did that. And so I'm just, I'm just throwing out can- candy and stuff. And uh, anyway. You're the new favorite now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm the hype man. So, like, people oh, are, yeah. usually, as the host, that's my job. And so, like, usually that's what I'm there for. And so, um, anyways, so, like. <laughs> it takes me so long to try to like calm them down. I finally get them back to their seats and I start my, my sermon. Um, and so anyways, that's what this topic is going to be. It's, it's, it's titled prodigal. And so I'm just kind of story, dude, I'm just going to kind of tell you how I told them, but I will say I improv for about 10 minutes and will I be able improv? to improv? Yeah. Wait, uh, what do you improv? Uh, usually it's a 1960s New York setting and I just, I'm usually sitting in a taxi. I'm just kidding. <laughs> do, you, do you need a partner? Uh, I got you. Oh wait, no, for real though. Improv is so fun. Like it, like legitimate oh, yeah. improv. Dude, I love I that. do it all the time. Really? I love that. No, I, I would love to do improv. Let's do a um, podcast, like episode of just improv. Okay. That's fine. Kermit, where you at? <laughs> um, I'm right here. Oh, there he is. Okay, cool. Um, so anyways, so there's a lot of stuff that I said that was like, wow, like that was directly from the Holy Spirit right there. That's but, awesome. Yeah. But like, will I be able to say in this podcast? Probably not. But anyways, so I start out with prayer. And uh, I'm going to do the same thing here. So, Codus, I'm going to go ahead and pray real quick. Right, and uh, if y'all are listening, keep driving. Don't, don't, don't close your eyes. <laughs> Anyways, we have the same joke every time. <laughs> <laughs> it's always good, too. Uh, all right. Well, dear God, thank you for today. Thank you for uh, Codus and I's fellowship and for allowing us to grow closer together uh, to you as well as through this podcast, God. So thank you for this platform that you've given us. I pray for the listeners, the ones that are hearing right now. God, your word says that those that have ears to hear listen to the word of God. So I pray that they open their ears and it, uh, are attentive towards your word. And I pray that you can speak through me um, to impact their lives. Even if it's just one person, God, I pray that uh, something in this podcast can change their life. Maybe their outlook maybe uh, their, their entire belief system. God, I pray that we, they can find you through it. So God, thank you for the opportunity of faith that you've given us and uh, continue to guide us, guard us, and protect us. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Hype up. Yeah, so, Codus, I don't know about you, but like, for my- I don't my, know about you. I'm feeling 22. <laughs> Class uh, 22 represent. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. And I'm 22, yeah, yeah. Um, hey, okay. yeah. So, um, but for my whole life, like, I always wanted to be treated like I was an adult and I didn't want anything to be sugar coated like the candy I was throwing out. <laughs> uh, I didn't want like everything always seemed like watered down, sugar coated. And I just wanted to be respected, talk to you like an adult. So um, I made it known that I was going to talk to them 
like an adult. And so obviously, Curtis, I always talk to you like an adult because you are. So uh, <laughs> obviously. Don't make me feel old now, dude. I'm, I'm still in high school. Come <laughs> all on. Right, all Give right, me that right. little bit of freedom. Okay. So I'm, I mean, no matter who I talk to, like you can even ask yeah, like, my wife. Yeah. Like I talk to my like three-year-old nephew like he's an adult. <laughs> yeah, so, poo-poo face? Yeah, yeah. Well, I call my wife a poo-poo face, so you know. <laughs> I love that. Um, so, <clears throat> speaking to all the listeners, like we're all adults, there is going to come a day when we feel undeserving of love. I don't know mm-hmm. if you've already, you know, maybe you've already felt at that point, or maybe you you've already you currently feel undeserving of love. But there is going to come a point when we specifically, or you specifically, will feel undeserving of love. So, growing up, my dad he he gave me boundaries. Most of the time, I, I thought they were whack, right? Um, but, uh, for example, when I was in eighth grade, I had just started dating this girl. And it wasn't like a, a, I don't know, like it wasn't like a real dating kind of thing, but it lasted like a couple of months, something like that. And, uh, and so, anyways, long story short, she ends up inviting me to her house. And, uh, <laughs> which, fun fact, so while I said that part, like the, the, the middle schoolers in this crowd will not settle down. And so, like, they're saying, like, amen, amen. Anyways, like, <laughs> like it is it's hilarious. Like, if you go watch those videos on TikTok, like, you hear them constantly Wait, is there shouting. multiple up? I thought there was just one. No, dude. I put the entire sermon up. Oh. Yeah. I haven't, th- I haven't been on the old yeah. one for, like, a few days. I- yeah, bro. There's, like, uh, well, not the whole sermon. I only got 20 minutes of it recorded. Um, so, but anyways, yeah. So, like, it's really cool because you can see how hyped up they are. And then you can, you know the exact moment that I started speaking to them and they knew it. And it's so cool because they go from, like, super loud to just dead silent where you can hear a pin drop and i was like that's cool so mm-hmm. yeah it's it, like it the holy spirit was there and I, i'll get to that later but so my dad gave me like those rules and so i uh this girl that i was i was quote unquote dating um she ended up inviting me to her house and so i end up going over there but at, right as i'm walking out the door of my house to go to her house um my dad says son no matter what you do do not go into her room and uh, I'm looking at him all confused. I'm like, why? Like, wh- why? Why can I not? Because, you know, like at this point, like all of my friends, like, of course, I've only ever had like really guy friends. But like whenever we hang out, we always hang out in each other's room. So like in my mind, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm super innocent. I'm like, why? Yeah. And so anyways, and uh, and he says, but just remember this. I'm here if you need me. And so then I walked out the door. I said, cool. Thanks. Love you. Bye. Walked out the oh, door. That's nice. to her house. You're right. <laughs> and uh, so I go to her house and, you know, her family's there, all that fun stuff. And uh, she ends up inviting me to her room. And so I remembered my dad's words. And um, I found every excuse in the book that night to not go to her room. And I didn't. Um, that's with a, a T at the end. Did not. Um, and so anyways, so why do I say that? Because when I was 18, I told you this before, Curtis, and probably on this podcast, I got into a, a serious relationship. Um, and so after six months, we dated for about two years, but six months into it, she moved to uh, another state. And so... Um, we made a deal together, like, look, we're going to try to make this work. Um, and so it was every month I either drove or drove, I either drove or I, fl- I flew down there. Um, and so, but her parents are actually really nice. And so with, cause I had planned on like buying hotel rooms and stuff like that every time I went down there. Um, but her parents are so nice that they were like, Hey, no, just crash on the couch. No need to get a hotel. Um, but their apartment was like really small. It was like a two, maybe three bedroom apartment. I honestly don't really remember. Um, but I just remember it was small, confined. It's an apartment. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, when I get down there, like I said, it's small. And so, um, during the day, because of where like the bedrooms are situated and everything, and because her little brother had that time, uh, multiple times a day, um, he had, she had like a baby brother. And so, um, they were okay with us watching movies in her bedroom. And then because he was taking a nap and they didn't want the sound to wake him up, they were okay with us closing the door. And so 
I mean, Codis, you can imagine I probably made some mistakes, right? And mm-hmm. I've, I've admitted those mistakes on this podcast before, I'm pretty sure. But anyways, I made plenty of mistakes that I wish I'd never made. And so um, I say that because, well, really, because it, it, we ended up breaking up. Um, part of the reason was because of those mistakes. Um, but anyways, so we broke up and I went through some, like, some the, my little depression phase that is for the span of like six months or so. And, uh, you know, I, I remembered at, towards the end of that little six months or so, um, sad, angry at myself kind of stage, I, uh, I remember what my dad told me about that rule. I don't remember what brought it up, but I remember what it was. And so I, uh, I pulled out my phone and I pulled up his contact in my phone and I'm looking at it and I hesitated. And as I'm looking at it, I'm like, what if I call him when I tell him this, like, like he knew that I had already broken up with her because it's been six months since we broke up or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but he didn't necessarily know why I was taking it the way that I was. Uh, he didn't necessarily know the, the mental problems that I was facing. And so um, when I was looking at his contact, I hesitated because I'm like, what if he gets mad? What if he, you know, like grills into me? Like, and worse, worse of all, like, what if he tells you I told you so? <laughs> and so um, anyways, I, I man up, you know, because as, as a man, as a, a person, we ought to take responsibility for all of our actions. And so that's what I did. And I, and I, I hit call. And so I'm calling him. I'm here in the ring. And I, I, I feel the anticipation burning within me, like my heart's pounding. And, um, and so he answers and he says, what's up? And uh, just, you know, casually, as he always did or does. And, uh, and so I'm just talking to him, you know, and then I kind of get into the, you know, what's going on. And I tell him about the mistakes that I made. And so I'm expecting him full well to be mad at me. And instead, I'm greeted with, I love you, son. And so I completely expected to face judgment, to face condemnation. I fully expected all these things. But yet he showed me love and compassion. And so... I had directly disobeyed the rule that he had given me because, and, but, and this was, what's really cool is be, even though I directly disobeyed the rule that he gave me, he still decided to show me love and compassion. And then uh, as we talked, you know, he told me more about the mistakes he's made in his life. And, and then he told me the reason or how he learned the rule that he had taught me was because of the mistakes that he made. He didn't want to make me to, to make the same mistakes. And so, um, as I'm, you know, we're talking and, and he tells me that stuff and he, he tells me what he did to overcome the way that he felt afterwards. And it was to, to learn what love is and who love is specifically. And so in the Bible, that is, he says, uh, pick up your Bible and study God's love. And so I did. And so what I, I uh, first came across was first John chapter four, verse eight, where it says that God is love. And then of course, uh, Codis, I've done said this before on the podcast, but, um, and then I also found first Corinthians chapter 13, what describes what love is. And so, if when you read first Corinthians 13 verses four through eight, it says love is patient and kind. It is not jealous or boastful, proud nor rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. And so, and love never fails. And so when I apply that to the context of first John chapter four, verse eight, that says God is love. Then I can look at this, the same verse and know what God is or who God is. God is patient. God is kind. God is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. God does not demand his own way. God is not irritable. God does not keep records of being wrong. Um, God rejoices about, uh, or God rejoices whenever truth wins out and he does not rejoice about injustice. God never gives up. God never loses faith. God is always hopeful and God endures through every circumstance. And so 
learning who God is and learning what love is and learning who love is, which who God is, it showed me more about the character of God. And so it it showed me how loving he is and how uh, gracious he is. And there's a story in the Bible that kind of parallels and really shows the love and compassion of God the Father for us. And it's the story of the prodigal son. If you're looking at different translations, it might say like story of the lost son, but same difference. So it's found in Luke chapter 15. Um, it's also in Matthew and, you know, probably John too, but anyways, so I looked at Luke chapter 15 when I was preparing the sermon and sorry, I just squeezed my nose. I probably sounded like really nasally, but it's fine. So anyways, it just goes kind of something like this. I'm not going to like get into huge detail, but anyway, so the story of the prodigal son, there's two sons and a father. And so the youngest sold, or sorry, the youngest son told his dad, he's like, yo, dad, what's up, Paparot? I, uh, I know I'm supposed to get your inheritance whenever you die, but can I go ahead and cast that check early? And, uh, and so the, the, the father, of course, um, just because of this parable, the father ended up giving the inheritance early to his son. And so what did the son do? Well, the son took the money and he left and he went to a, he moved to a faraway city. And so if you think about it in the son's eyes, the father was dead to him because he already got the inheritance that he was supposed to receive once his father died and he moved away. So out of sight, out of mind, and he got the money that he was supposed to receive after his death. So like, his father's dead to him. He moves away. The, the son does. The prodigal son does. And he goes. He lives a lavish lifestyle. Ends up losing it all. Right? He wastes it away. Then a famine hits. And so uh, basically just like the, the nation like, had a, a national food shortage. And so he ends up seeing this farmer and convinces the farmer, just like he convinces his dad to give him his inheritance. He convinces the farmer to let him work as a farmhand. And so while he's you know, working as a farmhand, he is uh, a part of the job was to feed the pigs. And so that's what he's doing. He's feeding the pigs. And uh, at this point, the sermon, I started uh, throwing out candy like it was pig food. <laughs> um, but anyways, so, yeah. Um, and so he's feeding the pigs. And because he's famished, because he has no money, he can't buy food, the prodigal son, right? And so he's starving. And so he's feeding the pigs and he's realizing how good the food looks that he's feeding the pigs. And when you feed pigs, like you give them the bottom of the barrel stuff. Like you give them scraps, mm-hmm. like you give them ugly looking stuff. And so he's feeding them that and he thinks it looks good. That's how hungry he is. And so while he's feeding them, he realizes he's like, man, my father's servants have food left over. Like my father's servants have decent food left over. Like not even like pig scraps. He's like, man, I, I should just go home. I should go see, I should go to the father. Not even like try to be his son. Just like, just try to work as a servant. Just try to be a servant. And so that's what he does. He humbles himself and walks in humility back to the father. And so as you read the story, you'll see that once he uh, gets in the eyesight of the father, the father sees him and he runs to his son. And so I I imagine in this moment when the, the father is running to the son, I imagine the prodigal son feeling unworthy, unworthy of love. And so once the father gets the son, he hugs him. He says that he embraces him. And so when I, when I imagine that, I imagine a big old bear hug, right? And, but it, when you read it in Luke chapter 15, it says um, that the father embraced him with love and compassion. And so just like how my dad greeted me with love and compassion when I was deserving of condemnation, the father greeted his son, the prodigal son, with love and compassion despite being deserving of condemnation. And so – <laughs> the prodigal son, he, he looks at his dad and he says, dad, I'm undeserving of this love. What are you doing? And then the father turns to his servant and says, go get me the finest robes. Go prepare a feast. My son is home. 
And so the, what's so cool about this is that the father didn't care. The father didn't care that in the son's eyes, the father was dead to him. The father didn't care that he took all of his money or half of his money, I should say, because he had two sons. He took half of his money and he split. The father didn't care that he left. No, the father only cared that he returned. He knew that the son was undeserving of his love, but in his eyes, that was his child. So I say that to say this, Codus and all the listeners, you and I, we are the prodigal son. We are the prodigal daughter. How many of us have ever felt undeserving of love? Speaking to each other like we're adults. There will come a day when we feel undeserving of God's love, not just of our peers' love, but there will come a day when we specifically feel undeserving of God's love. But like the prodigal son, he wants us still to return home to him. And as a child of God, we have that right. We have the right to return home. Our father is awaiting our return. And I don't know uh, what, if you're listening, I don't know what you may have going on in your life right now, but here's what I do know. In order to return home, you have to first humble yourself. Just like I did when I called my dad, I admitted my mistakes. I admitted my responsibilities. I humbled myself. I let go of my pride, and I humbled myself. I walked in humility. Just like the prodigal son, he admitted his fault. He let go of his pride, and he walked in humility back home. You too, if you are trying to run back to God, maybe you've, you feel like you've been backsliding, or maybe you just you know, you know God exists, but you just feel like he's not present. If, you're, if that's what you have to do, you have to let go of your pride. The Bible says to lean not on your own understanding. We have to let go of what we think and let God. Allow God's will to take over for our life. And so let go of your pride and run or walk in humility. And so by admitting your flaws to God, you are running to God in humility. See, when you run to God in humility, he embraces you with that love and compassion, just like how my dad and the father of prodigal son did. So there is absolutely... And I cannot stress this enough. There is nothing, absolutely nothing that we can do to deserve God's love. We are an imperfect people living in an imperfect world. We are wrapped in the chains of sin. And there is absolutely nothing that we can do to break those chains of bondage, the chains of sin. Despite not being deserving of God's love, he loves us anyways. You see, in Romans chapter 5, it says, Yet while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And so while there's nothing that we can do to break our chains, what's really cool about our faith is that we believe that when we believe in Jesus Christ, that he died and resurrected, we believe that he bore the punishment of our sins on that cross for us. See, when he was sitting on that cross or when he was standing or rather he, when he was pinned on that cross, he was thinking of you and me. He was thinking of all the sins that we could commit. And he was thinking about how he loved us enough to take the punishment for us. Now, Codus, we talked a little bit about um, the, the crucifixion process and how tough it is. Um, but if you're unfamiliar with the crucifixion process, um, nails were, or his feet were stacked on top of each other, nails driven through his feet into a wooden cross, and his wrists, well, okay, the Bible says hands, but at the time, hands and wrists were considered the same thing, so it was technically it was through his wrists. But anyways, so his wrists were nailed to the wooden cross. Okay, but before he got to the cross, they put on a crown of thorns, buried it into his head, disrespected him, declothed him, and they flogged him. If you don't know flogging, or uh, if you don't know what that is, it's basically leather with like bone or stone or like stuff uh, tipped at the end. And so basically, it was basically like a, a little miniature whip. And so they whipped him with the, the bone at the end of the whip. 
and it would rip his flesh apart. And if you study the process of crucifixion, there should have been enough blood loss there to cause him to die. But the reason he didn't die is because God the Father had a plan for Jesus, a purpose for Jesus that had to be fulfilled on that cross so that you and I could be saved. So because Jesus is God, he knew full well what he was doing and why he was doing it. And he did it again for you and me. He took that pain and he took that suffering and he took that punishment for us. He took our punishment for us because once we believe in Jesus Christ, he is taking the the punishment of our sins because Romans chapter 6 says that the wage of sin is death. And so whenever we sin, we ought to die spiritually. But because we believe in Jesus Christ, he bore the sins on that cross for us. And so again, uh, going back to the story of crucifixion, he has his nails driven into that wooden, well, (laughs) before I get to that. So he had to carry the cross to the top of the hill. But because of all this blood loss, like he, he should have passed out and just died right there. But again, because God had that purpose, he had to fulfill it. And so he carried that cross. Yeah, he fell a few times. Yeah, Simon came to help him out. But he had to carry that cross all the way to the top of the hill. He resurrected the cross, or rather, he took it to the spot where he, he was supposed to be resurrected. And then they lifted him up. They resurrected him up. And then he hung there. And while he's hanging there, the only way he can breathe is if he lifts up on his whole driven hands and feet, lifts up to breathe, and sags back down. Lifts up to breathe and sags back down. And so if you aren't familiar with the medical process of this, there is going to be fluid buildup in your lungs, which ultimately led to, uh, to when the Roman soldiers, they speared him to prove that he was dead, when, when fluid fell out. And that's just what happens as a result of the crucifixion and stuff. It's kind of neat if you study it. But anyway, so Christ bore that punishment for us. So he loves you so much that he died for you. Again, yet while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus took the punishment of your sin that day on the cross, and all you have to do is run to him. Humble yourself, just like the prodigal son. Humble yourself and admit your flaws to him and embrace his unconditional love. And so if you're listening to this podcast, we'll kind of uh, semi not really wrap it up, but if you're, if you're listening to this podcast and you feel like you're ready to run to God in humility, uh, I want you to repeat this prayer after me because I'll say it this time. But um, pray with me. Uh, whether you're in the car or wherever you can pray out loud in your head I do not care okay but just pray this prayer say dear God thank you for sending your son to die on the cross for my sin please forgive me come into my life and change me you are my Lord and Savior Jesus help me to live for you for the rest of my life in Jesus name amen and so that was the sermon (laughs) um so I try to remember my, my improvisation and stuff. Like the entire crucifixion thing was improv um, last night. That wasn't supposed to be talked about. So my sermon was supposed to be about 10 minutes long. It ended up being like 25, okay? Um, and so it was super cool. And this is a part of the reason why the last 24 hours was so crazy is because up the, the, the shifting moment in the, the middle schoolers um, was – at the, the they they were at, like, they were wild up until the point where I said, guys, there's a reason for this story, and they all connect. And I need y'all to understand that there is a good word coming from God tonight that you need to hear. And then, and then I started telling the story, uh, or rather, talking about the. Uh, um, I was wrapping up my story about how I made mistakes, um, and that's at that moment. That's where, and you can go watch those videos, Codis. Like that's where they start to listen. And uh, it's so cool. And so anyways, I go through in that final prayer. Um, 
I didn't now I didn't tell them to um to pray out loud or anything. I just said y'all pray um with me. And uh so I said, well, okay, so here's what I, I said. I said, if you truly believe in your heart and you truly want to make a change in your life and you, f- you feel like you need to make that change because you haven't already made that change, um, then pray this prayer with me. And so I prayed that prayer like we just ended the, the sermon, and the, at least 20 kids prayed it out loud. <laughs> That's <laughs> I, crazy. I was on the stage and like, I'm not an emotional man, but I felt it in that moment. Like I felt the spirit. Like it, it made me a little bit emotional. And, uh, and so I'm just like, <laughs> I'm looking at everybody and I'm seeing, you know, some of the faces like who's praying and stuff. And, and, uh, it's just like an awesome, awesome moment. And, uh, so I tell them, I was like, Hey, y'all come, if, uh, if you pray that prayer, meet me at the stage as soon as uh, we go to small groups. Cause we had small groups afterwards or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I had about 15 kids come up to the front of the stage, afterwards. but not all of them had, you know, none of them actually said anything about them saying their prayer. Instead, like, um, some of them, like, came up there, like, that was an amazing sermon. Thank you so much. And one person said, I know a lot of the other people weren't listening, but that spoke a lot to me. Thank you so much. Like, that was an amazing sermon. And then another kid came up and said, dude, that was a heck of a sermon. And he was super Southern. And uh, and then another kid, this goes to show, you know, middle schoolers, but he said, you used the phrase bottom of the barrel wrong. The bottom of the barrel is the best best place of barrel. And I said, I said, depends what's in the barrel. <laughs> and uh, so anyways, um, so then everybody goes to small groups. And, and I, I really hope that they, they talk to their small group leader. Um, but anyways, so that was the, uh, the sermon. And to continue the last 24 hours, because that was last night. Let's talk about today, CODIS. <laughs> um, so I meet with, uh, with Pastor Scott because um, <laughs> that's how he wants us to refer to him. I meet with Pastor Scott over at uh, LPC Ministries today, and uh, I, I show him how, you know, we're, we're setting some stuff up, which, by the way, we're about to have a discipleship course open and ready. Um, so if uh, if y'all want to join a discipleship with either, like a Zoom pretty much, but it's on Discord mm-hmm. with uh, with CODIS, me, or Pastor Scott, um, let us know. We're going to have uh, links posted so that you can just tap the link and join the uh, the, the, the stuff. So anyways, it's super cool. Um, and so I met with him and showed him that. And then I come home and I have a debate with an atheist scheduled, <laughs> um, which I don't like to use the word debate, um, which before I get into that, Codis, what are your, what are your thoughts? Do you want my honest answer here for the uh, sermon? Yeah, dude, I'm, I'm not gonna lie to you. I was tearing up a bit. Okay. Because like, Dude, I, man, I, uh, I really needed that one, man. That like it, yeah. That, oh man, that was really good. I, I really liked that, man. That was, I definitely needed that. That was, yeah. That, oh, I'm, I'm speechless because <laughs> that's like exactly what I like. I needed to hear. Like it was like the like I, I don't know. It was it was perfect. It was just like it was perfect. And I also wanted to point out. So in the prodigal son, you know. Uh, men back then they wore dresses you know they, they wore mm-hmm. dresses so it's very uncommon for man to run like in the dresses mm. and so when the father saw that son you know he didn't care about what the the, the regulations of society was even though he was in a dress he still ran mm. like he didn't care he still ran to that son not caring what anybody thinks not caring what anybody is saying he still ran to that son wow. not caring about anything and i just i just wanted to point that one out real quick 
Mm. You're making me tear up, dude. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, so, oh, that was so good, dude. Um, well, that that was spirit led, and I I really hope that uh, we can have the same effect next week because I'm preaching again next week. <laughs> oh yeah. Um. So, but uh, a lot of like I was amazed. Like as soon as I finished, like a couple of the leaders stopped me. And they're like, dude, that was like an amazing sermon. And, that was uh, so awesome, dude. It was so good. And and then Jenna like was like telling me she was like I don't know what happened but she said that looked effortless and uh, I was like well I that was just God because like again I hadn't had time to really study it mm-hmm. and so I only really knew the the semi outline I knew I wanted to tell the the intro the thesis and my story and then God's story and then ha- tie it all together but dude the- it was it was so good dude like you really need to just. On, if we do go on tour, that's like that's one you need to have. Like you need, because that was just, it was way too powerful just to just leave in the notes. Yeah, well, like I, that was oh, that was beyond powerful, man. Well, good. I'm glad uh, God's word can do that. I I'll love definitely that so much. <laughs> I'll definitely keep that one. That one to me is like now that I've said it a few times, I could I could say this one like without reading it. So like this the, for this podcast, I I, I basically just it. <laughs> I didn't think yeah. you were reading it. It just seemed uh-huh. like you were yeah. just like I wasn't reading. That it. <laughs> was just the Holy Spirit, man. Like oh, that was so good. You, you did awesome. Cool. That's just God for you. But um, so well, thank you for the input because I didn't know that. I didn't I never really thought about the the yeah. running and addressing. I heard I, about that once, and yeah. I just love that. Like the father didn't care what society thought. He ran mm-hmm. to that son. Like, you sure. could imagine a man running yeah. in a dress, the skirt's going to come up and, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. But forget what society said. That father ran <laughs> towards the son. Yeah, and here we are. You and I are yeah. the prodigal son. It's uh, it's it's really humbling. God is so, good, man. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll leave it at that. God is good. So um, I get back from my meeting with Pastor Scott today, and um, yeah. that guy DMs me and is like, hey, we still good for that debate. And, again – um, I told my wife beforehand, I was like, I know we're calling it a debate. I said, my goal is to simply demonstrate God's love tonight. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, as long as that's your goal, I'm okay with you doing this debate. And I said, okay. And so um, I, I hop on it and <laughs> dude, tell me God isn't cool. So as soon as we start, we're talking you know, and uh, we didn't really have a chance to get to know each other. I said, how are we starting this? Are we just diving into it or are we getting to know each other first? <laughs> and uh, so we talked about it, like, you know, our lives and stuff like that. And, uh, and so we were just talking regularly and I brought up first Corinthians chapter 13 about what love is. And, uh, I said, do you, do you mind actually reading, uh, first Corinthians 13 verses four through eight, the definition of love. And, uh, and we started off the debate with him reading the Bible. And I thought that that was the coolest thing ever. <laughs> you completely, that, that's, that's, a, that's a good way to start there. And, uh, and, and like when I, when I finished, I said, would you agree that that's what love is? And he looked at me because this wasn't part of the debate or anything or the discussion. He looked at me. He didn't know how to answer. And I said, this isn't a part of the debate or anything. And he looks down and he, he reads in his head a little bit. And he goes, yeah, I think that's a pretty good description. And uh, I said, well, that's what when, when Christians are saying that we love everybody, that's the description that we have in mind. And so that's what basically started the entire debate so, uh, or discussion. And so um, anyways, I'm not going to get into the nitty gritty details of it. It was an hour and 45 minutes, maybe an hour and a half, somewhere around there. And we were just talking the entire time. And um, throughout the, the conversation, 
which it was a very civil conversation, which mm-hmm. both of us agreed that if it got uncivil, which I knew it wouldn't, but um, at least on my end, but um, that if it got to that point, then we were just going to end it, you know? So, um, but uh, anyway, so it's super civil um, people in his comments, not necessarily, but he, he actually, he stopped them. So like, he was like, guys, like, this is what we're, we're talking about. He says, I'm, he's like, I'm not gonna, my dog just opened the door. How, how'd you do that girl? That's, that's impressive. Your dog wants to listen to the old Christian podcast. Anyways, she's laying at my feet now. Um, so <laughs> we're just, we're just talking or whatever. And, um, and he tells his, his, cause we're on his live. And so I just joined mm-hmm. his live. And so he tells his father, like, look, stop saying there's a mistranslation. He already talked about that. And we're basing our premise on the fact that there was not a mistranslation. Mm-hmm. And, and so that, that ended it. I was like, that's simple, huh? <laughs> um, but anyway, so it was a super neat conversation. Um, and he actually ended the, uh, the conversation saying that he would like to talk to me more um, about, you know, the faith and stuff like that. And we, we talked about a range of everything. Like we talked about, um, and I, I openly talked about how majority of Christians handle their approach of LGBTQ mm-hmm. plus incorrectly. Um, and oh, I talked, yeah, without a doubt. It's, yeah. it's pretty rough. And I told him, I was like, look, the Bible actually tells us that there are going to be people that claim to be Christian that aren't and that they're going to be, they're going to be wolves in sheep's clothing. And so they're going to lead people astray. And I mm-hmm. said, the Bible also says that we can know a tree by its fruit. And the Bible also says that not everybody who calls me Lord, Lord will, will enter the kingdom of heaven. And so what you're calling a Christian and basing your, your judgment um, of Christians off of, most of them aren't even Christian. And I said, now you can judge me based off my actions. Like I said, you can judge a, a tree by its fruit. So you can judge me for my actions. But if you judge the words of the Bible for what they are, they show perfect love. And, uh, and I said, so what you're seeing and what, what a lot of people, they, they correspond to Christianity. I said, that is the person that they're condemning, not the words of the Bible, because they are not exemplifying love properly. Now, I said, uh, I asked him, I said, based off of our conversation, do you think that, I mean, I've, I've made you feel inferior in any way. And he's like, honestly, uh, no, like you, you've, you've had like, you, like you're the only Christian that I've talked to. That's like, I want to keep talking to. And, uh, and so I was like, okay, cool. He said, but the only thing that like made me feel a little bit inferior was the fact that of the two different kinds of loves are like the, of the, the merciful love and unconditional love that God loves me mercifully. Um, but he loves you unconditionally. And he said, that makes me feel inferior. Which when he said that, that was cool because in my mind, that's like him saying like he wants to be in that unconditional love. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, so um, we ended the podcast. Like he, I mean, the, the point of it wasn't for either one of us to change our beliefs or anything like that. I mean, we talked about uh, LGBTQ+, how Christians ought to handle it. We talked about um, evidence for Christianity, which we weren't even supposed to talk about. Um, we talked about Jesus and how uh, faith, or our faith is the only one that is not works-based. Our faith is uh, faith-based. And uh, I said that he said, like, what's different about Christianity? I said, well, we don't have to work for anything. <laughs> we just believe. <laughs> and uh, he's like, that's not true. There's other faiths. I said, what are they? And, uh, and so he, I said, you look at Islam, um, that's worse based. You look at Judaism, that's worse based. Anyway, so we were talking about it. And he had some really good points and stuff like that. Um, and he said, so why Christianity? I said, uh, or he said, what's so special about Christianity? I said, Jesus. <laughs> and uh, he's like, what do you mean? Like a ton of religions talk about Jesus. Like, yeah, but only we believe that he resurrected and that he was the son of God and son of man that he was God in the flesh. And, uh, and he looked at me, he's like, no, no there's other religions that, that uh, preach resurrection of a man. And I said, is there? And, uh, and, and he looked at me and uh, he's, he, he listed a couple of them. Um, and he's like Buddhism. And, 
or sorry, no, 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 sorry. He said Hinduism. And uh, he's like, well, I guess uh, Hinduism wouldn't really count because that's, uh, that's reincarnation, not resurrection. To a cow. No, he said that that doesn't really, that doesn't really count. Um, no, no, I said like to a cow because like, oh, yeah, I know that, a lot yeah, of them yeah, over there, yeah. they believe like that's why it's like illegal to like <laughs> to hit a cow, cow yeah. or like, kill a cow because yeah. they think it is people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and so it was really cool because he, he had a question prepared for me about God. Um, and like, how could God be loving if kind of questions, mm-hmm. but because we read first Corinthians 13, four through eight, he said, wait a second, that makes sense how God can be loving if love is this and God is that. And I was like, you got it, dude. And that, that just, that just excited me. Um, and so like that anyways, so, um, it was a really, really neat conversation. Um, and honestly, I didn't want to have it. Um, so like how it came about was he made a duet of one of my videos and he, he was like kind of like making fun of not really making fun, but he was like pointing out the flaw and the love, the love, the sinner, hate the sin, uh, phrase. Mm-hmm. And so then I made that skit on TikTok talking about like what we mean by that. And so I tagged him in it. And so anyways, he said, I'd love to talk to you further about this. And so anyways, that's how that started. And, uh, I wasn't like dreading it, but like I was kind of dreading it because not because I didn't want to have a conversation or talk about Jesus, just because I didn't know what I was getting into. I didn't know mm-hmm. like, because every debate I've ever gone into, people have always tried to trap me, right? Like that's every single live that we oh, get on. Yeah. People yeah. try to trap us. And I mean, that's, that's what we expect. And so it's never fun knowing that you're like, that's why I've, I've slowed down on my TikTok lives because it's just not fun when people are trying to trap you a hundred percent of the time. And like, they're focusing on your words a hundred percent of the time and they're like nitty gritty you and stuff. And so I just, it just wasn't, wasn't looking forward to that. But, um, by the end of it, like I, I felt pretty good just because like he, he was genuine. Like he wasn't trying to like, it didn't mm-hmm. feel like at least he was trying to trap. It was me. civil. Like, it was very civil. And so, um, and then I asked him, I was like, are you cool if like, I keep like texting you that question and stuff? Because like, he, he's honestly like a really um, cool individual. Like I would be like good friends with him. Granted, like our politics don't line up or anything like that, but that, I, who cares about that? Like the only that's thing what I'm saying. Yeah. Like I, I really don't care about like you believe whatever you want to believe. That's cool. And he actually, he even agreed that uh, uh, like LGBTQ plus members should not continue to hate people of the Christian faith. Um, because of their belief, they should only continue to not like a person based off of their actions. Mm-hmm. And so, and I was like, awesome. You're, you're, you're rational. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah. so, um, but anyways, so it was super neat. Um, weird 24 hours, how 20 some odd people hopefully came to faith. I'm hoping they talk to their small group leader yeah. and, uh, talk to that guy too. But, um, yeah, that's, that's that. Um, I, this, this wasn't supposed to be a long podcast. <laughs> um it was honestly in my mind supposed to be like 15 minutes but you know it is what it is so um i'm glad codis that that was able to to speak to you dude Uh, oh man and i hope that it spoke to you 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 got quiet and usually you add commentary and i i I couldn't talk (laughs) like i it was i was so like into it yeah like it just like yeah usually i'm like always adding stuff but Mm -hmm. i just I was so tunnel visioned and like zoned in. Like yeah. I'm still speechless. That's good. Well, maybe not the speechless part, but that's good that you're t- uh, tuned in. Which so I, I wrote it in such a way because like I will say when I took communications classes, like they taught me some interesting, like very pertinent I information. Out of that. Oh yeah, well it's fine. <laughs> I, I only remember a couple of things, and the the thing I remember most is that you start every 
uh, talk with either a statistic or a story. And so that's what I did. And so um, I don't think statistics are good for like, especially for like middle school crowds. Cause I know when I was in middle school, I just like stories. So I said, I said, <laughs> I said I, you know what? I'll make this whole sermon, a giant story. I'll tell them three stories. <laughs> um, so it's uh, it works out, but God is cool, dude. This is a good one. I like, I love this. I'm gonna listen to this so many times. <laughs> awesome. Um, well, do you have any, uh, any last thoughts? Nope. Uh, I kind of well, gave them all back there. Well, uh, I love the prodigal son. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, it's a really good one. Um, but since I already prayed, or I already prayed the salvational prayer, um, I'm just going to start singing. And Codis, you can end it with a Godspeed. But na 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 na. Hey hey hey. Goodbye. Godspeed. Good goodbye. <laughs> Godspeed. <laughs>